Hello and welcome to Comedy in a Nutshell, a podcast by me, Marty Kano. You know, comedy is hugely subjective. I've seen around a thousand comedians over the last 40 odd years, and yet you could tell me something or someone is or isn't funny, and I could tell you something or someone is or isn't funny, and who can say who would be right? Me, it would be me. I love talking to people in comedy about comedy, and if you like to hear what they have to say as much as I do, then please like, subscribe, rate, review, or share the podcast. Thank you. My guest this episode is an award-winning sketch and character comedian taking a debut hour to this year's Edinburgh Fringe. When so many comedians are trying to make a statement, her abstract and absurdist humour is a joy. She just wants to be funny. She just wants to be silly. And is. It's character comedian, Cathy Manura. Hello. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. Thank you for joining me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. If you're happy, then we can just crack straight on. Yeah, let's do it. So what are your earliest recollections of comedy? How did it begin for you? I I was thinking about this the other day, and actually my family is quite musical, and like an mm-hmm. in it, like amateur musician. So my parents met in uh, an amateur orchestra in their late 20s. Mm. So most of my introduction to comedy was musical comedy really early on. Yeah. And like old school musical comedy, so like Flanders and Swan. Ooh, wow. I don't know if you've ever come across yeah, them. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's funny because then... And, and then I started watching a lot of sketch and Armstrong and Miller have that like parody of Flans and yes. Swan, which for me was like <laughs> really funny. Um, but yeah, Flans and Swan and then like Tom Lehrer, who's kind of like, feels a bit like the American counterpart. But mm. just, yeah, I, I was really drawn to those just like very silly, clever songs. Yeah. Um, and I remember like learning them for like school <laughs> talent contests and stuff. <laughs> Um, and I did, I actually did do a, a very dramatic rendition of, uh, We Three Kings for a talent contest at school when I was like 10. So I, I kind of always had this, like, I, I've always enjoyed making people laugh and I've always done kind of silly little performances. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, as I say, started watching a lot of sketch and I feel like there was just so much sketch on TV in the kind of early 2000s, mid 2000s. So yeah, yeah the Catherine Tate show, Mitchell and Webb, Armstrong mm. and Miller, the Mighty Boosh was huge for me in terms of being like, oh, you can kind of do anything. You can build any kind of absurd world. Mm. And it was so uniquely them, I suppose. And I think that absurdity has absolutely yeah. colored the, the stuff that I do. Mm. Um, and then when I started, I guess, engaging with live comedy. So I did a lot of theater in my teens, mm-hmm. but was always being cast in comedy parts. Right. Um, and eventually someone was like, do you want to just cut out the middleman and just do comedy? And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> then I don't have to do any of the boring acting. <laughs> um, so got into sketch comedy at uni mm-hmm. and um, kind of went from there and met my comedy partner, Derek. Yep. We were in a duo called Horseplay. We still work together. Mm-hmm. Um, and just sort of like never stopped doing it. I think a lot of people get into it at uni and then maybe stop when they leave but we just didn't <laughs> um and and then yeah started going up to the edinburgh fringe and that was where i saw people like lolly adifope and emma city um and again just realizing that character comedy was a thing right which i don't think is i mean obviously somebody like Catherine tate is that th- those are really character driven sketches but I, right. I suppose i wasn't thinking of it like that um, and seeing people do these shows that was just them being silly and being all these different characters yeah. for an hour, and especially women, mm-hmm. you know, like seeing women just be really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a magical thing. Um, and yeah, so that, that, there you go. That's, a, that's the journey through my <laughs> comedy education. And actually, the one thing I didn't mention is mm. YouTube. Right. I was big, big into YouTube in my kind of tween years i guess mm. and there were people on their like community channel and like accounts like college humor that were doing a lot of sketch stuff online and yeah. a lot of it's funny now because everyone's doing it but like at the time community channels she's australian natalie tran and she would like edit herself next to herself so yeah. she could do sketches together yeah. Which in like 2008 was like <laughs> the most mind-boggling, incredible thing ever. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that you talk about sketch comedy, but what about sketch comedy and what more particularly about the abstract and the absurd drew you specifically to that that style of comedy? I mean, I suppose coming from theater, mm. it, it feels like the maybe the the smallest sidestep. You're still playing characters, you're still mm. like kind of performing off other people. I think that was the thing that I didn't necessarily know that I would become a solo performer when um, I started that yeah. because I really enjoy um, I really enjoy that like yeah riffing off people basically yeah. and 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 working with people and I think initially I came to comedy completely as a performer not as a writer mm. so I suppose again in sketch there's that collaborative sense of like everyone's bringing ideas and it's the perfect environment to like learn how to write right. And I really did like learn by doing and was very, <laughs> very like uh, unsure of my ability to write for a, quite a long time, actually. Um, and then I suppose out of that, yeah, found character and, and found a version of solo performance that mm. that felt like it suited me. Um, and then the funny thing is that now there are definitely elements of more traditional stand up coming through, like right. in my show. I pretend to be lots of different objects, but in between, I am myself. I do kind of come out of character. Yeah. And that was something I never thought I'd do, but it's just sort of <laughs> yeah, emerged quite naturally. And, and, and in a weird kind of way, I find that like the hardest and scariest part, mm. uh, being myself on stage, which I think a lot of character comedians say. <laughs> We've touched on a few things there that I'm, I'm interested in talking about. I mean, the first thing I want to know is, Coming from a uh, this this dramatic side and then this 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 mm. sidestep into being a solo, you don't have that that team that support anymore. So, what's that like stepping out on stage for the first time as a solo act? Mm, very scary. Mm. I rem I do remember the first solo gig I did, um, which went well, but I remember being terrified because again, I think there's a certain. Um, protection maybe being with somebody else or at least. I think, yeah, it's very unsurprisingly very kind of like exposing doing it yourself because it's all on you, whether it's good, whether it's bad. Yeah. There's kind of nothing to hide behind. Whereas I'm, I'm, I do, I think all performers have kind of insecurities and my sketch partner, Derek, I just think is like one of the most brilliant writer performers in the world. So it, it's quite easy to step out on stage with mm. him because I'm like, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. Like... <laughs> You're amazing. I completely trust you. And mm. it, it's easier to not get so in your head. Um, whereas, yeah, doing it by yourself, you're like, yeah, I'm on my own here. Like, if this doesn't go well, that's on me. <laughs> and I have to kind of handle that myself. And it was interesting. I, I So I started doing solo gigs in 2019. Mm -hmm. um, and this is, of course, my first hour long solo show. Yep. And I was flyering solo for the first time for Brighton Fringe this year mm -hmm. and I felt all the same insecurities come back up where when I was telling people to come I found it much harder to promote the show because I was like I, it's just me I just have to tell you I'm good yeah you know what I mean whereas I can't be like <laughs> oh this thing I've made with these people is great yeah. like it's yeah and I wasn't expecting that <laughs> really wasn't expecting it, so. it's no longer an ensemble it's not the show it's it's you yourself yeah mm. And I think, you you know, the, the nice thing about performing with other people is it is a fully shared experience. So mm. when it goes well, you've kind of had that together and you, you ride that wave. And when it goes badly, you can kind of <laughs> be like, God, that was awful. And you both kind of felt it in the same way. Yeah. But that said, obviously, like a, a solo show is never really a solo show. I mean, Derek has been like so helpful in this. And mm. um, I think we'll always be a collaborator. And I've had... I've had a couple of like Alison Thea Scott gave me some notes on the show and Kat Bond mm -hmm. who are both brilliant and then just you know that's the lovely thing about gigging and being in a comedy community is that you know several nights a week I'm bumping into people and people are going how's the show and I'm like I don't know about this bit and someone goes have you thought about this and I'm like, so there's kind of it feels like it's been written by like <laughs> so many people which is lovely which is really nice yeah I always ask people about how much of them we're truly seeing on stage. And of course, it's interesting Ooh. with yourself because you you just mentioned about one moment you're in character and then the next moment mm. you're being yourself. But 
obviously as a character comic you're always being other and not yourself so, mm. so when you have to then play you are you a character this is a great question and this is something i'm trying to work out as well <laughs> um i think so the version of me in the show it sort of emerged quite naturally because the characters are quite um re relatively heightened and and absurd mm. and so what i naturally started doing is kind of coming out of character and being quite um maybe like chill <laughs> is the right <laughs> word it's not it's not like low energy or deadpan but i'll kind of just be like okay that was me as a scooter like just quite matter of fact maybe mm. and and i thought it happened naturally because to me it's not to me it does feel like that i'm like okay that was that here's another one mm. but then i started finding that people find that quite funny the fact that I'm being so like blasé about yeah. <laughs> really strange stuff that I'm doing. And I think it helps like ground it a bit if people aren't quite, because um, a lot of people aren't used to watching that kind of comedy. And I think having me be quite normal, it, it helps them to be like, okay, sh she's not this kind of completely mad, you know, <laughs> which is obviously fine, but it, I think it, it helps people mm. to get on board with it. But um how much is it me? I think it is. I don't feel like I'm consciously trying to act a version of myself, but I suppose there's naturally a, a filter. Um, but I mean, the other way of looking at it is that in a sense, the characters are also all parts of me. Or not parts of me, but you know, they're all from my brain. I think, I think in a sense, you probably learn more about me <laughs> watching me do all these weird things like really learn about me than if I was like talking about my life for an hour I think hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still working that out though well it's um again I mean, let's let's get to the point of it the your your show objectified and is is basically mm. you portraying everyday objects yes when i saw you recently perform and when you came out on stage and we were performing i was i was like Okay, what's what's happening? Yeah. What's this now? Yeah, <laughs> and, and then you sort of went, well, and that's me as a straw. Yeah, went, ah, yeah. yeah. Okay, and now I'm with you now. Now I'm on board. But it, because there wasn't like a a, a setup or an introduction, mm. it was just you playing a role. But I had no idea initially yeah. what was going on. That's interesting. Now you breaking out and going, yeah, and that was that. Yeah, and, and now I, this. And I found I've kind of worked that out over the years because I did used to sort of set it up come on me like i'm gonna do some characters right but i think i enjoy the sort of mild confusion yes because <laughs> I, I always come out in character now yeah. but the characters are all at most like two minutes long so it, it's never uh yeah it's it's never too long but it's kind of long enough that you feel an audience it's funny because sometimes there'll be people who straight away are like yeah i get it i'm on board hmm. And yeah. there are people who you can feel be like, ooh, I don't quite know what's happening. <laughs> and this kind of nervousness that maybe I will just do that for 10 minutes, <laughs> which I weirdly quite enjoy because I like being able to puncture that and be like, don't worry, everyone. I know it's weird. Yeah, but I loved it because it's that kind of, it's the slow reveal, isn't it? It's sort of saying, oh, mm. okay, I don't really understand what's just happened. And then you go, oh, yeah. And then you sort of, you, you turn it around and say, well, that's that because of this. And you go, oh, yeah, of course. And then the whole thing slots into place. I think that's, yeah, it's also the like, it's the show don't tell, right? It's like, yeah. okay, I'm going to pretend to be object. This is what I mean by that. Like, mm. it, it's actually, as I'm sure I'll do in a moment, <laughs> quite hard. People don't. People understand the idea, but don't actually know what that means in practice. Like they're like, mm. sometimes people are like you, you pose as objects, or you you dress up as, you know. Mm. So I think doing it and being like, I'm kind of like personifying this object from the off, yeah. and then yeah, it just gives people an example straight away. I guess. Yeah, but there's a world of difference between someone coming to see your show, which is a show about you portraying mm. objects, and going to see a mixed bill oh, okay. and then you walk out on stage and go here's something you haven't seen today yeah and i must say you know mixed reception <laughs> i think it, it really it really depends on well i don't know again i haven't quite worked this out but you know it, it would depend on the bill like if i'm the only person not doing kind of more standard stand-up that could be hard work because right. people 
if they've seen 10 stand-ups and I come out on stage are just truly <laughs> not in the right headspace for it and sort of for that reason I haven't quite drawn the line under it yet but I'm I'm starting to do like lesson clubs like clubby right. clubs it just yeah. I just don't think those audiences are after that hmm. and by the time you've won them over you're kind of done <laughs> um uh but that said like there are some there are some gigs it's just so hard to predict and that's kind of what I enjoy about it it's sometimes an audience seemingly out of nowhere just get it mm. and just go with it um what I often find as well is that like I love doing queer gigs mm. and this is like a really general statement but I think within like queer spaces and within the queer community there's a sense of like it's always like queer in like the <laughs> the standard definition of the word right there's this kind of like playfulness and mm. this like there's, you know, it, it, the kind of whole drag tradition yeah. is essentially a type of character comedy, or at least can be, and cabaret and all of this. Like, I find that those audiences are just like, yeah, yeah, cool, yeah, absolutely, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> so those are like just a, a joy to do, and and obviously alternative nights and cabaret nights, right? Um, but it's fun seeing how it plays to different people, absolutely, mm. and it's fun being like. Can I take you with me? Yeah. You think maybe you're resistant, but <laughs> and I tend to then maybe those gigs do a bit more of the bits as me. Right. To help people be like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Is that more of a I, I don't know, when you talk to sort of stand up comics and they talk about, well, you know, you can die on stage or you can smash the night, and there's kind of mm. there's very little sort of in between, but you've sort of hit upon another possibility where it's not just sort of they get it or they don't get it. It's more about you bringing them with you it's more about them you can converting them to your way of thinking kind of yeah yeah I think I think I think stand-ups often have that as well you know right. you you maybe have different bits of material in your back pocket mm. and if a crowd are really not on board with something you're like oh okay how about this thing that yeah that I know normally works or, or whatever um I also think that that comes with experience and that's something that's actually quite I would say within the last six months mm. yeah i've i've started to be able to do whereas yeah it very much used to be here's my set mm. either it's going to go well or you're not going to want it and it's going to be horrible but getting to a point where i can be like okay here's my set but if i can feel you're not quite with me here's maybe something else i could do right here's maybe a you know maybe it's a little bit more audience interaction maybe it's slowing it down Sometimes if an audience is really struggling <laughs> and in my first character and I haven't finished it yet, I will sort of half break. Like right. in the character, I'll be like, I'm pretending to be a straw and we all, is it all okay with that? <laughs> like, you know, just that acknowledging that, right. th that hesitation. Yeah. Um, so, so that, that actually feels quite, um, obviously the, the best gigs are still the ones where you just like smash it and it's great. But, <laughs> It, it it makes me it's a satisfying feeling to be like I I think I can deal with the different responses and I think I there are gigs that I've done which maybe a couple of years ago I would have absolutely died <laughs> where now I've come off stage and been like okay they didn't love me but mm. I think they enjoyed it and I think they got it and I think I was able to adapt to that which yeah yeah feels good it makes me feel like a a real comedian. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing I wanted to ask, my second point about your your onstage characterizations is, when you're doing the characters, are you playing them dramatically as well as comedically? As are you doing your acting side? Oh, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, I actually think they do better when I do. Right, and it is that thing of just. People, <laughs> I think audiences can like smell doubt <laughs> or hesitation or yes. if if you are just completely in committed to a character bit, mm. it's that thing of like taking something silly very seriously yeah. yes. and like a allowing for silence, the most terrifying thing of all. <laughs> and like, yeah, I find, I think my performance is better when I do actually kind of get sounds very dramatic but I get a bit lost <laughs> in it like I'm really yeah. like thinking as this thing yes um but 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 for comedic effect you know like I'm, yeah. I'm not interested in really communicating anything that's not ultimately 
funny. You know, like I, I don't, wherever characters are serious, that's the joke. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I am, I am acting them a bit, but I'm, I'm sort of hesitant. <laughs> Maybe I've just got baggage from my theatre days of sounding too kind of like thespy, but um, I think it is just like committing to the bit really. Yeah. 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 I mean, another way of looking at it is it struck me as almost like doing observational comedy, but from an entirely alternative perspective. That's the secret. <laughs> Sorry. That's the secret. Is, <laughs> it's is out that, of the bag. Yeah. And I think it's funny because sometimes people are like, wow, your stuff is so inventive. And mm. I'm like, well, kind of if you look at the observations I'm making on paper, they're, not, they're quite <laughs> like straightforward, like mm. the paper straw. Yeah. It's like, yeah, paper straws are ridiculous. Like that bit as a stand-up routine would be like, aren't paper straws crazy? Like there were so many things we could do to save the environment and we just decided to replace every straw. Yeah. That's ridiculous <laughs> and they're really annoying and they don't even work properly. They get really floppy, right? Like that's like, <laughs> that's that bit. And it's like, okay, pretty standard observation. But then my, my hack <laughs> is if then I say that from the perspective of the straw, yeah. people are like, what? <laughs> um, so yeah, I have an electric scooter as well. And it's like, yeah, electric scooters are everywhere. Mm. They're just all just like sad leaning up against buildings in the street. And <laughs> no one ever unlocks them. And they're so annoying and they're so dangerous. Again, hmm, not, not really groundbreaking <laughs> observation. But then when a scooter says it. <laughs> okay let's talk about competitions mm. so sketch off 2020 and one mm -hmm. to watch uh, funny women one to watch 2020 uh you won those and you finalist in 2021 so you think you're funny mm -hmm. how do you feel about competitions i my i think they're helpful i think mm -hmm. it's and i try to not think of them as um uh, any kind of like a genuine indicator of your like worth. Mm -hmm. I think that's the thing that's really hard about them. Yeah. Um, I think if you do well, it's a nice reassurance that you're not like wasting your time, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you are better than all the other people who entered because there's yeah. so much more that plays into it. But I think they're just like practically very helpful and right. most of the big opportunities I've got and like, so you think you're funny was how my agent saw me, right. you know, be before she was my agent. Um, like people, a lot of people watch them, a lot of industry watch them. And to me, the thing I've, cause yeah, I've been in a few finals hmm. and it sounds strange, but like the, the final is the useful bit. Like actually then whether or not you win is kind of by the by, but like right. having that platform, and that opportunity to to gig to more people than you've probably ever gigged to before, mm. to be seen by people that might not otherwise see you, and to meet other acts as well. Like yeah. that's the lovely thing about something like SketchUp, where it is kind of a niche, I guess, is that through doing that, through the heats and and the semifinals and the final, mm. I met so many other like sketch and character comedians, and then there's this kind of camaraderie. Like when you see each other at gigs, you're like, yeah. oh. <laughs> um, and I recently, actually recently was in the final of a drag king competition as well, Yes, which was so much fun. And that as well, that, that, that's a very small community and, mm. and just being in that environment and like seeing, that's the other thing, because often you do it quite early career. So like just seeing what other people are doing yeah. and seeing them do it like really well and being like, oh, wow, like the, yeah, I, I find it that I, they can be, <laughs> if you let them be, I think quite like energizing mm. exciting experiences but um obviously there is an element of like it's bizarre because you're doing a gig but somebody is declared the best at the yeah. gig <laughs> which is a strange um thing to know going into it yeah um yeah. yeah yeah but it's only the best in those few people's opinion on that particular place and time out of that particular group of contestants exactly exactly which you you do have to really remember and that there are other things going on there as well, where there's like considerations about like the industry mm. and like who won it last year, like who, you know that. 
there's I don't know there's I think there's so much that goes into those decisions which is not just like the people who win deserve it I think you never have anyone win or do very well who's not good but it's just to say that like there are plenty of other very good people who for reasons unrelated to how good they are might not have um made it yeah you talked there with a lot of affection about working with other people, about meeting other people and working in sketches. Um, so sketch comedy, solo comedy, or running a night, as you do, I think, at the Glory mm. in East London. Yeah. Where are you most comfortable? Running a night on your own or in the group? Oh, my goodness. Wow, that's a great question. I think, <laughs> and maybe this is an annoying answer from me, I think I like having the range. I think doing any one it kind of all keeps me sane mm. i think um at the, at the moment i probably am most comfortable with the solo stuff but that's because that's where i'm putting most of my energy that's mm. because i have this show i've been working on um that i'm really proud of mm. but that said yeah i love um yeah i love working with other people like derek and i you know we still do spots here and there like we're doing mm. one tonight and we were rehearsing last night and i was like ah oh, it's just so fun. Like <laughs> you're just playing around with someone, basically. Yeah. Um, and then the horses, the night that we run, mm. I love that as well because it is, yeah, it's a character comedy night which we started because it just felt like there wasn't one. Um, mm. there are there are alt nights for sure, but like a dedicated character comedy space. Yeah. Um, didn't really exist, so that's been wonderful. And we now there are like seven of us yeah. loosely who run that and we're just just sort of collecting character comedians <laughs> that we find and that's so fun as well creating a space where audiences are up for it mm. because they've bought into that yeah. and most acts that do the night say that they're like oh it's amazing being on a bill where I'm not the weird one where <laughs> it's it's just that's the vibe and like the audience are warmed up to it and and all of that, so that for for creating a sense of yeah community in in an industry that can be quite brutal, I think, mm. and quite lonely, and can really, I mean, kind of coming back to the competition point, but mm. it's easy to start feeling like you're pitted against each other, and I think just having being deliberate about like no, like I want to create opportunities for you to perform, and then a yeah. lot of those people then have their nights, and you'll be performing or being able to like. Just like encourage people like there's a bunch of us going up to edinburgh this year and we've like quite organically started like all just like recommending each other <laughs> on like <laughs> twitter threads and things which like it just in a sense maybe we're competitors but like of course we're not mm. because people see so many shows and and it's it's just much nicer to feel like you have a group of peers who are like yeah <laughs> come on do your stuff and yeah and that's kind of reciprocated yeah your show this year at edinburgh is your your debut hour indeed but not your first festival experience no no i've been up four or five times now i think mm -hmm. with with sketch groups in various sizes yeah um yeah so i sort of know the nature of the beast in a sense <laughs> um which i'm grateful for because I think I sort of like don't have any illusions about it and and what it is. Yeah. Um, and I sort I mean <laughs> I sort of know how to navigate it, but it's it's always a bit you know it's it's tricky. It's a tricky environment to be in. Mm. Um, but I am very curious how it will feel doing it by myself. Mm. And again, trying to be careful about making sure I am not by myself and that I I am making a concerted effort to spend time with with friends and I mean I'm live I'm living with Lorna Rose Treen yeah and um a couple of clowns who are doing a show called Trolls Norwegian clowns which just yeah. is the most <laughs> I I don't know what that flat's gonna be like and I can't <laughs> wait <laughs> I think it's gonna be so fringy um so that's nice but just like knowing they'll be around but but yeah trying to make a concerted effort to to spend time with people and to yeah, because that, that is a nice thing, doing it with someone, is mm. you literally have someone sharing that whole thing with you. You don't have to, like, explain anything to them because they're almost certainly feeling exactly the same way because they're experiencing all the same things. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. So do you watch other comics? Do you watch comedy? Is it still entertaining you or are you just so now deep yeah. inside it that you're jaded? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. And I think that's one of the, the amazing things about the fringe is like everyone's there. Mm. Like most of the best comedians in in the country, but increasingly like in the world. Yeah. Um, I mean, like the English speaking world are there. Um, and yeah, I, it, I, I interestingly last year when I first went up, I was seeing like several shows a day. I just loved it. Mm. I think now, and that's part of learning how to do it in a way that's sustainable. I think last year I was seeing maybe like a show a day or every other day, which mm. still over a month is a lot. Um, but you know, knowing, yeah, you kind of have to protect your energy and, and again, it can, Sometimes there's like mixed emotions watching a show, right? Because sometimes if a show is brilliant, but it's kind of in the in the ballpark of what you do, you're like, oh my god, <laughs> why didn't I think of that? <laughs> I'm not that good. Or this, and this maybe it's going to sound really um <laughs> kind of shady. Sometimes you go and see a show that has a lot of buzz around it, and you think. Oh. Mm. It's not that good, and then you get a bit bitter, you know. Like this, so there's a lot. It, it can be um, quite uh, uh, intense watching other shows sometimes. But that said, like, yeah, the opportunity to to see stuff up there. I mean, in particular, there's like some of the American comedians, like all comedians. Mm. So like Meg Stalter will be up there, Patty Harrison, who I love, 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 and watch all their stuff online. And just like the fact that they're going to be there and I can see their shows is like, oh, yeah. I've seen them both before, but <laughs> they're wonderful. So, yeah, stuff like that. And then it's easy because then you're like, I'm in a different world to you. So you don't have to think about any of the complicated, <laughs> <laughs> the complicated feelings. It's just super fun. Um, but also obviously just supporting other comedians as well and friends and yeah. and seeing them do well. Yeah. <laughs> do you set targets for yourself particularly in Edinburgh perhaps you just think, think well I want to get a five-star review or I want to get you know I want to get a, win an award or something yeah. or more generally do you think you know in three years time I want to play this venue or something like that do you have those kinds of objectives oh yeah I mean I'm quite a I'm a I'm a real planner mm-hmm. and I do every new year I do like a year in review session and I sit down and I and this is not just like professionally this is just like my whole life <laughs> yeah. I'll like think about what's happened in the year and I also kind of set I set goals but not like they're more um focuses I'd say like I think I'm hesitant to set very specific goals because then you can very much not achieve it <laughs> And I think, especially with Edinburgh, so much is outside your control. Like, yeah. of course, honestly, I would love like hundreds of five star reviews and an award. Of course, <laughs> everyone wants that. <laughs> but again, like, that's not just about the quality of your show. That's about luck, mm. about who sees it, about how many journalists there are there, about who else is up and mm. and and how they're doing. You know, it's. I, I this year I'm trying to be quite strict with myself of not having goals like that because they're not in my control. Right. Kind of my goal is to like get through it with my mental and physical health <laughs> somewhat intact. Um and to like find things in the show mm. that I didn't know were there and like by the end of the, that's the, the the real opportunity I think of Edinburgh is being able to do a show every day for that long. Yeah. Like you just you know, one day you'll say something in a certain way and you'll be like, oh, yeah, oh, that's way funny. <laughs> and that sometimes <laughs> only happens when you've done it like 10 times yeah. and you know it inside out and you can p- kind of play with that sort of thing and responding to different audiences. I think kind of my main goal is to just like come out of it a better comedian and a better performer um, yeah. and to, yeah, and also have like met people and and um had yeah like made 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 connections and Mm. and seen stuff that inspires me and like you know it's kind of just trying to keep it I know they say goals should be measurable but (laughs) I I find for my sanity like having that having areas of focus Mm. 
and things that are within my control is I find a way of being a bit kinder to myself, of just being like, this experience is unpredictable. Mm. And, and you, you know, I don't know where the opportunities will come from. Um, yeah. But learning to just be flexible. I think that might also be like a post pandemic thing and a post, I had I had this near death experience in 2021, which kind of loosely features in the show. Mm. Um, I got really bad tonsillitis and nearly died from tonsillitis, which is um, mm. ridiculous. Uh, so I think that you know, like when something like that kind of just happens out of nowhere. But I think we all had that with the pandemic. You're like, well, yeah, you can have goals up to a point, can't you? Mm. And then you just have to be like, okay, this is where I'm at. Yeah. What can I do next and not beat yourself up too much? I guess. Yeah. Well, there's there's a lot in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you said something in there that um, uh, I just want to pick up on mm. about sort of rediscovering your own material. Mm. Kind of, you do it over and over again, and then suddenly you notice something in it that you hadn't mm. noticed before. Mm. Do you find yourself constantly re- rediscovering and reevaluating things that you prepared that you didn't even realize you? Yeah, and I think. I'm actually only thinking about it now. Maybe that's a real, maybe that's a, a leftover thing from, from theatre. But to me, there's two very distinct phases. I mean, obviously they overlap, but there's the writing. There's the coming up with the ideas and, and, and writing it. Hmm. But then once it's written, I tend to not actually change the written material that much. Right. But that's where the fun bit is to me. And I think that's the actually thing of, you know, if you're doing a theatrical run, right? you're trying to find different things every night. You're trying to, mm. that's part of it. You're not replicating the same performance. You're, you know, trying to keep it interesting. And I think that's what I love about Edinburgh mm. is having the chance to do that with different audiences. And I think comedy, you, that happens even more because the audience response is so obvious. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with theatre, it's harder to know what people are thinking. But yeah, People are laughing while they're not laughing and you can hear the type of laugh they're doing and you can hear if they're Mm. nervous or if they're um, confused or if there's one person laughing but (laughs) somebody else is, you know, like it's so fun playing to that. Yeah. And then with me, it's only when I know the material really, really, really well that I can like fully sit in it. And, and start playing more maybe with like physicality or like tone of voice or pauses. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes that's an accident and sometimes it's on purpose, but it, yeah, that is the really exciting bit where you find something you didn't even know that you'd written in there. Yeah. And you're like, oh, if I literally just wait half a second before I say this word, mm. it's a whole other joke. Yeah. Which is so <laughs> fun, yeah. Um, you also mentioned the pandemic, mm. um, as every comic must, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, what was your experience like with uh, with no comedy? I mean, yeah, not not good. <laughs> I think <laughs> I yeah, I started doing solo material in like late 2019, so just mm. perfectly timed, really. Mm. Um, and yeah, my my sketch off win was on the Sunday before lockdown which was the the atmosphere in the theatre was really strange. It was that bit where everyone was like, ooh, mm. something's going to happen. Yeah. Um, it was one of my friends was like, well, I suppose like you're just the winner of comedy now until, <laughs> until it opens up again. I was like, I guess I, guess I am. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it was frustrating feeling like I was kind of just getting into my stride with that and just starting to find what, what my kind of solo voice was Mm. um but yeah I started I started making videos um which was fun and it's something that I still do and it was nice to kind of have the time to do that and Derek and I were working towards our last Edinburgh show which is called Bareback and actually the pandemic he, he he was locked down in Amsterdam and I was in London and I think we were both furloughed so we we basically like ripped that script apart and put it back together, like rewrote it almost completely in a way that 
I'm sure we wouldn't have had time or energy to do otherwise. And I think that show was much better as a result. So, yeah, like, <laughs> I think it was, whatever, it's a great groundbreaking take. Like, there were things that, that were useful about it and having that space to maybe reflect on things a bit. Um, mm. But, yeah, I was frustrated not being able to perform for sure. Yeah. And doing, like, some Zoom gigs and just being like, this is bad. <laughs> like, in in yeah. that, you don't have... You can still perform, and I think the audience can still enjoy it, but you don't get any you don't get any data back. It's that audience response stuff. You can't feel it mm. um, digitally, and that's the thing that's interesting <laughs> to me. Yeah, it was like I don't really want to like perform for the sake of it. Like I'd rather make a video, right? That's that's yeah. what that is, and put it out. Like yeah, um, here's here's a thing for you to watch. Uh, but yeah, trying to like feign live performance over Zoom, I yeah. not did not like making videos. I mean, videos are hugely popular. Is that is that something that you anticipated? I mean, the video it's hard, isn't it? Because mm. every everyone makes videos now, and I find this I find it, <laughs> again love hate. Like <laughs> it's wonderful being able to do that mm. in that way, and it's like a fun medium to play with because you can play with editing and you can play with green screens and whatever. But it's so, like, quantifiable. It's so hard to, like... My videos do well, but I think the the it feels to me like the benchmark for what doing well is now is crazy. Mm. You know, like, I've got loads of friends who are getting, like, hundreds of thousands of views <laughs> regularly. Millions. Some, like, millions. Which is just baffling. <laughs> I remember, like, when I put out a video, like, one of my first videos, and it got, like, a thousand views, I was like... That's amazing. Which now feels like absolutely nothing <laughs> in this climate where like people are just yeah consuming so much. So yeah, I enjoy it, but it's hard to again not be like oh I could always be doing better. Like why why don't I have a million people watching my videos? <laughs> How do I find those people? Um, yeah, I need to compare myself to others less. That's one of my. <laughs> It's hard. It's really hard. Well, without uh, competitions and awards and comparison, mm. how do you measure success for yourself? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> how do I measure success? I mean, I think part of it is what feels good. Like coming away from a gig and being like, oh, okay, that bit that I've been working out really felt like it landed and and sort of what I was saying before actually of like being able to adapt to different gigs and I mean what I'm about to say I will 100% jinx myself but mostly now I come away from gigs and they feel good and that's not I don't always feel like I've killed it but getting to a point where it's like oh mm. I think I'm I think I'm a decent comedian and I can can adapt to these different circumstances rather than in the early days where it feels like completely random <laughs> and and you just have no idea what you're stepping into and you and you don't really know how to respond to it so that that kind of I guess having more of a sense of what you can do and what your thing is and and doing it mm. um how do I measure <laughs> it's it's hard you're making me yeah this is making me realize i probably do need to like <laughs> it's something of like trying to celebrate the good things you know like it's yeah. easy to take for granted the things that that are going well and fixate on the things that like other people are doing that you want to do or yeah. or whatever but um yeah yeah and i think i think actually often it is like feedback from people you respect as well and other comedians saying they like a bit that you did or they yeah. You know, whatever, like that kind of thing, I think often feels feels good. And I try and make sure that I do it as well. Yeah. Do you get that feedback from either from audience members or from other comedians after the show who come up and say, this was great or this was not great? Yeah, I think, I think that's, I think, and I think there is for the most part, like a, a culture of that, which is mm. great. That, yeah, the, the, the saying what you like, I think is, and I do really make an effort to do it as well. Mm. But just being like, oh, like that joke about whatever I thought was really great. Yeah. Um, feels nice. Yeah, I, the, yeah, because you then you have to be careful with like unsolicited like, <laughs> thought about your ending, <laughs> um, which you don't you don't want to be doing. Uh, but 
yeah no i think i think there is there is a real there is a culture of that yeah. which is nice what have been then so far your best and worst experiences in comedy oh my god <laughs> i can start with worst worst is probably easier <laughs> weirdly i mean i think when you start out you just do a lot of horrible gigs mm. um and i won't i'm not, not going to like name and shame any but there's a lot of like truly open open mics that yes frankly are not that well run um that either have no audience or bad mcs or mm-hmm. both <laughs> or or just i just remember being in a lot of kind of rooms early on where often i was the only woman and there's a lot of material that just feels like old school like i think the thing mm. that's once you get to an extent once you get into the more curated bills and the more kind of pro circuits mm. i think um it is more uh kind of representative and and balanced um mm-hmm. and there's also less of an acceptance of that kind of like my wife is such a bitch <laughs> or whatever you know just some of the stuff I've seen, I'm just like really racist material. Like there was, there was, yeah. Sometimes early on, you really are seeing some pretty, pretty bleak stuff. Mm. Um, and just like God, I did, I did an open mic where it, it was in a pub, and the owner of the pub <laughs> came up to me afterwards and he said, "Are you a comedian?" And I was like, um, "Yeah, <laughs> I guess so." And he put his arm around me and he said, would you like to have a whiskey after the show? I was like, no, thank you. But just like, don't need that. Yeah. Thanks. And, you know, just weird things. Like I've had just, I've had other comedians and to be clear, not comedians that I've seen since on the circuit be like, yeah, like often I don't find women that funny, but I thought your set was really good. You're like, okay, thank you. Yeah. Well, (laughs) but, but I will say that that really does that is not representative of of how it is more broadly and and also you start to learn what those nights are and what they're not and you're like well i'm never doing that again yeah um but yeah it, when i meet comedians who are starting out and they're talking about gigs they did i kind of i'm like oh god yeah mm. i remember that like world of open mics which are which can be really nasty which yeah. i'm very very grateful to be out of but it was that quite bleak thing where when you're starting out as a as a woman comedian, mm. they you'll meet other women at gigs and people will be like, What gigs do you recommend? And very often it's just like, Don't do this one, don't do this one, don't do this one, don't do yeah. this one. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of just like blacklist. Um that's not very that's not a very fun answer to that <laughs> question, but it's a genuine one. My best gigs, um I mean I think I must say again, like often competition finals are amazing because you've not played to a room that size right and had a stage that size and and i I think because you're in a final maybe the audience is predisposed to think you're good you know what i mean i think there's a very warm atmosphere often right Mm. um so they can feel kind of i mean very surreal but like amazing (laughs) um uh yeah so what so far then have been the most important lessons what uh philosophy have you formed Wow, my philosophy. <laughs> um, what are the most important lessons? I think, huh, okay, I think one of the most important ones, which is especially true of alt stuff, but I think it's probably true of any comedian, is it is not possible for everyone to like you. Yep. And that is a hard lesson to learn. And I'm still kind of internalising it, I think, because obviously you desperately want to be like, if I'm good enough, I can win over everyone. <laughs> Yeah. But there will always be some people who either don't get it or just like it's not for them. Mm. They're just they're just like this is not the type of comedy that I enjoy, and that's fine. <laughs> and I think it is that tricky thing of trying to trying to find and build your own audience, um, so that when you are doing your own shows, you know that the people that are there are kind of bought into what you're trying to do, yeah. and finding nights where that audience might be and finding like-minded people um but yeah it's that that is a difficult one and i think i had that early on especially with the like 
more traditional like clubbies um kind of stand-up environments being mm. like oh i just really need to crack this like this is this is kind of like a this is the way you do stand up this is like a badge of honor and, and all of that but mm. kind of getting to a point where it's like hmm maybe that's actually just not where what i do fits really and maybe those aren't the audiences that that i resonate with mm. um so yeah that is that and then i suppose link to that is is try to not take it too personally which i am better at now actually and i think that <laughs> is partly just um collecting more data <laughs> and like once you've done something like you know if you've done five sets and two of them have gone badly you're like oh my god am i any good if you've done 200 and then you have a bad one you're like okay no it's fine like mm. and and maybe it was me but it's because i was tired it's because i fluffed up the delivery of that bit rather than being like i'm terrible at this <laughs> <laughs> um yeah we've talked about your upcoming Edinburgh debut um quite a lot but mm. what is it and let's put it another different way um what do you hope audiences will take away from it oh yeah so it's an it's an hour-long character comedy show where I pretend to be an animal object um I mean the main thing I hope people take away is like laughter and fun like it's just <laughs> it's a pretty silly show I want I want people to just like have fun and it's it's very like playful and and goofy and that that is the main point of it is to make people laugh. Can you imagine <laughs> for a comedy show? <laughs> um, but also, and I don't know how much I mean this, but I think to an extent it'd be fun if people do leave it and kind of look at objects in the world around them a little bit differently and start i have had people say that to me before at gigs of like oh i started thinking about this bowl that i have in my house that <laughs> i never use and maybe it's really sad about that um which i think is fun <laughs> kathy where can we find out about you and where we can come and see you before i am on instagram kathy kathy mm um twitter kathy aqm um my show is at the gilded balloon every day at 4 40 um apart from the 14th of august which is the one day i will sleep um and i'm doing a lot of mixed bills in edinburgh as well um but yeah all my other gigs will all be on my instagram um mm -hmm. and i'll be all over the place hopefully and the last question of course is could you please sum up comedy in a nutshell i even thought about this before it's a hard question that's why it's a good <laughs> one um okay this is something i've been thinking about recently I think comedy is partly the skill of noticing funny things and knowing how to share those with other people. Does that make sense? Because I, I was talking to some other community the other day where we were like, does anyone else feel like they don't really write anything? You're just kind of noticing things and then saying them. <laughs> and then we were like, maybe that's it. And that's what I do in a very, very concentrated way. I'm just like, I literally notice a funny thing. Yeah. And I'm like, there you go. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> Kathy, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.